We welcome you to the Lutheran Prayer Hour. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O from John the 8th chapter. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, Everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So, if the son sets you free, then you are free indeed. O Lord, have mercy on us. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I love the habitation of your house, and the place where your glory dwells.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus said, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This is an amazing gospel statement. The Lord makes us his disciples by his word. His will is that we abide in it, remain, and be safe and live in his word. The word Jesus gives is the truth, and his word will rescue and release us from a bad conscience and finally from all corruption, all pains, all tears. The greatest individual word of the phrase is probably the shortest. You are truly my disciples. You are mine. You belong to Jesus, he says. You belong to the side of truth, and Jesus takes care of his own. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But the Jews, the Jews who had believed in him, flipped out on Jesus when he said this. What do you mean, we will be set free? We aren't free now. Don't you know who we are? We're the Jews. Don't you know that our father is Abraham? We have never been enslaved to anyone. Well, about 1,500 years after today's gospel, Jesus spoke again. He didn't speak a new revelation, but he spoke a very old one. He spoke it in particular by the mouth of one of the doctors of the church, one from the small town university of Wittenberg, that if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This time, it wasn't spoken to the Jews, but it was spoken to the Christians of the Holy Roman Empire, who had believed in Jesus. But the Archbishop of Mainz and the Pope and his theologians flipped out as well. We are offspring of Peter and Paul and the apostles. We have the rulings of popes and councils. We've never been false, even once. How is it that one little monk named Martin says, You will become free? Today, we give thanks to God for the reformation of his holy Catholic Church. Today, we remember our heritage as Lutherans. And that is potentially a very dangerous thing. The sweetest message of the gospel, the proclamation that the Lord God has stooped down to enter into our flesh and take up our sin and set us free, this was rejected. It was rejected by the Jews, the Church of Jesus' day. It was rejected by the Roman Catholic Church in its official teaching in Luther's time and down to this very day. And it was rejected proudly, even and triumphantly. At the Council of Trent, when the Roman bishops had finished condemning everyone who believes that we are justified by faith alone, apart from works of the law, then they got up and they sang the Te Deum. They sang the great hymn of thanksgiving from Matins. And at the end of the discussion in John 8, the Jews were so self-confident that they were prepared to stone Jesus, standing right in the middle of the temple. Pride blinds us. It deludes us. And it is never far away from the celebrations of heritage. Just think for a moment how often we boast about pride, as if it were a good thing. Pride in our school or in our team. 
proud of our children, proud to be an American. In so many of these, what we boast about is not even our own doing. Obviously, NDSU doesn't owe their championship titles to armchair quarterbacks like us, even if there is a whole nation of them. So what kind of pride do we have in our church? Are we proud to be Lutheran? Are we proud to be a member of our congregation? And where are our blind spots? The Jews, offended by Jesus' gracious promise that he would set them free, they were in need of a history lesson. Because first, they had been slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, and then they were conquered by Assyria, and then they were the slaves of Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon, and then they were vassals under the Persians, and then the Greeks conquered them, and even as Jesus spoke that very day, they were occupied by the Roman Empire. And yet they dare to snap at Jesus. We're offspring of Abraham. We've never been slaves to anyone. Well, so also Martin Luther's cry for reform was not the first. A brief look at medieval history reveals that there were bishoprics sold to the highest bidder. As many as three popes at one time were fighting to be in charge, excommunicating each other. There were priests with no wives, and yet countless children do the math. There were forgeries, there was taxation, there were wars executed in the name of Christ. The Borgia family alone has enough scandal and deceit to make a TV miniseries. And I think they did make one. And none of this even begins, though, to scratch the surface of the most serious issues. That is, the corruption of the teaching of the church. The misuse of the sacraments so much that it plainly contradicts the scripture itself. But pride covers a multitude of sins. It covers them up so that slaves believe that they are free. Sinners believe that their works can please God and that they can earn a place in the house. Jesus says, Amen, Amen, I say to you. Everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. And the slave does not abide in the house forever. Only sons get to stay. Only sons inherit. So Jesus pleaded with the Jews who had believed in him. Do not be Jews in name only. You will not remain in the house like that. But I am the son. I am Abraham's offspring. I am Judah's lion and king. I am. I am forever, and I have come to set you free indeed. Far more than just to free you from Roman occupation, I will free you from sin and death. I have come to bring you back into sonship, back to be Abraham's greatness, that is, back to faith, to the promises that were made to Abraham, which were fulfilled not in you, but in me. And therefore Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. You are truly sons of Abraham. And so the Spirit of Christ pleaded with the church through Martin Luther and others who dared to open up the scriptures once again. Return to the ancient faith. Abide in Christ's word and you will know the truth. You will know the truth that we are saved, not by our works, but by Christ's, not by our promises, but by his. 
Freedom comes not by breaking your own chains, but by the Lord's gift of rescue. The Son sets us free by his blood, poured out as the once and for all sacrifice and atonement for all sins. He bears the punishment and guilt and makes full satisfaction for everything. The righteousness that we accomplish never lives up to that name. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And they ought not remain in the Lord's house forever. But... All are now justified by God's grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. This is the gospel. And it isn't new. It is the very same Catholic faith taught by the ancient fathers and treasured by all God's children, even back to Abraham. It is the universal faith once delivered to the saints, that if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. You are truly Catholic. Now what about us? Jesus says to us who have believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So is that why you are members of your congregation? Or are we blind to the Lord's truth? Is your church our church, your congregation, as opposed to being Christ's congregation? Are we offended at the call to find our freedom in repentance and faith? Do we turn aside when the scriptures call us to change our mind? Do we simply walk in the traditions of our fathers without knowing what they confess and why we do it? Are we... Lutherans in name only? And are we proud of it to boot? It's more than possible. But that is why the Lord gathers us together again today. It is to plead with us. It is to set before us the word of truth that sets free, to reform us by his spirit, to call us back to that ancient Catholic faith of Abraham, to call us back, not to human traditions, not to old family friendships, not to nostalgic roots or small town religion or good people, but to call us to the joyful promise that all are declared righteous by faith in Christ and all such will live. Amen, amen. We hold that one is justified, that is, right with God. We hold that they are right with God by faith, apart from works of the law. For now, the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, the righteousness from God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. What then becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. We are not proud of this gospel. We are eternally grateful for it. And we feast today because of what Jesus says. 
that if you abide in his word, you are truly children of Abraham. That means that you are truly Catholic. That means that you are indeed Lutheran. That is, you are truly Christ's disciples. You are his. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
pray. Almighty and gracious Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on your faithful people. Keep us steadfast in your grace and truth. Protect and deliver us in times of temptation. Defend us against all enemies and grant to your church your saving peace through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lutheran Prayer Hour is brought to you each Sunday morning by the Lutheran congregations of the Missouri Synod in southeast North Dakota. This morning's broadcast was conducted by the Reverend Sean Denzer, visitor of the Southeast Circuit. 
If you have no church of your own, we extend a cordial invitation to hear God's word with us at one of our Southeast Circuit congregations, including Trinity Great Bend, the sponsor of this morning's broadcast. You can find service times, sermons, and other information for the faithful Lutheran church nearest you at sendlcms.org. That's S-E-N-D-L-C-M-S dot O-R-G including information for Trinity Great Bend and their services every Sunday morning at 8.45 a.m. If you have any questions regarding the Bible, the Lutheran Church, or any comment regarding this morning's broadcast, address them to KBMW 605 Dakota Avenue, Wapaton, North Dakota, 58075. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.